The Greek Orthodox Church has a great saying, a description that right now, this very moment in heaven, there is a fabulous party going on. And the table is heavy with food, and the best wine is flowing because they are Greek Baptists, and uh, the saints are just shouting and rejoicing and having a great time. And from time to time, every now and then, the floor of heaven opens up and some of that party breaks into our time and space. And we call that Sunday morning. The celebration. It comes out of the abundance of God's future being experienced as an overflow in the present. And that is why we are here this morning to experience some of that overflow and to share it with people that we love and to take just a moment and just be. To take just a moment and rest. Thank you for joining us this morning. On Christmas Day in 1531, a while ago, Martin Luther preached that Sunday morning on the Christmas story. And then they all came back on Sunday afternoon for another service because they don't have Netflix or ESPN. And when they gathered together, he told them, you aren't going to hear the Christmas story again. Instead, I want you to learn how to make use of it. And he read to them this passage. From Isaiah. But there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness, and for those of you who have been with us on this Advent journey, the people who have been conquered, the people who lost the war, the people who are wondering about the future, the people who have lost loved ones, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied exultation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward, and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of God for the people of God. And throughout this Advent season, we have been taking the theme of Advent for this particular day, which means for the first Sunday we looked at the theme of hope, and last Sunday the theme of joy, and this Sunday the theme of, of uh, love. And then we have connected it with one word, 
within this biblical text. And today, I want you to hang on to the word broken, and we'll return to it in a few moments. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken. And then each Sunday of Advent, looking at a different title for this child. And today, it's a rather unusual title, a rather unusual name for a child. Everlasting Father. Who would name a child Everlasting Father? Forever Father. Possessor of all time. It sounds like something that we need to explore a bit. There's something about the idea of father, if you happen to have had a good one at least, and for some of us that can still be a struggle, but there's something about this image of father that keeps coming back in Scripture as the one that's constant, this consistent care for people. Throw in the modifier everlasting, and this is something that's going to go on from generation to generation. There's a steadfastness, a seriousness, a constancy, a constancy that's there that we need. Care protection, leadership, guidance, wisdom, love. On the one hand, I suppose it shouldn't be surprising in a very patriarchal culture to grab onto this image as a way of describing a relationship with God. The father at that time was certainly seen as the guarantor of the family, the source of all that will come to the family. Some of you know, even by heart, the Apostles' Creed and the way it begins, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Just spend some time browsing through Scripture in the Old Testament and you'll find image after image of hanging on to this, relating to us in some way, our world and our relationships and our families, a way of understanding God. One of my favorite images from the Old Testament, as the Father has compassion for His children, so Yahweh has compassion for those who fear him. And from Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through to the New Testament, pick multiple books, especially the book of James, there is this image of God as Father who cares for the vulnerable, the needy. Consistently, God is the one who will take care of the widows. God is the one who's going to take care of the orphans. God is the one who's going to take care of the immigrants in the land. And if you call yourself the people of God, you are going to adopt that way of living as well. And this baby, this new king is going to be the one who will in some way care for those who have been overlooked. Those who are oppressed. Those who have lost their way. How many times have I myself relied upon the wisdom and care of my earthly father? I know he'll know the answer to this question. I call him up several states away. Our washer has been making a terrible sound. I've taken it all apart. I think it's one of two things. Can you walk me through this? And of course he can. Hey, Dad. I think we need to rewire the barn. We need to go from 110 to 220. This is the wire that's coming out. I'm not sure how to calculate the whole voltage drop thing. Can you walk me through this? Of course he can. You get the idea. And now there's this image to these people who have been suffering. 
the people who have wondered, where is God in my life? And the prophet reminds them, God cares. A new king, a new child king named forever God. And you can't begin to imagine the things that are going to happen. Ann Weems is a poet who wrote a series of poems about Advent. This is one of them. The Christmas spirit is that hope which tenaciously clings to the hearts of the faithful and announces in the face of any Herod the world can produce and all the indoors slammed in our faces and all the dark nights of our souls that with God all things are possible, that even now unto us a child is born. Unexpected. A surprise. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, you have found favor with God and you won't believe what is about to happen. And she says, how can this be? Which is another way of saying, this can't be. And the angel Gabriel's response is, with God, all things are possible. The kind of outlook and the kind of faith and the kind of confidence that comes from a being that is constantly in the presence of God, you don't understand the possibilities. You don't understand what can really happen in the world in which you live, in the pain in which you experience, in the hope which you have buried so deeply in your lives. And Mary breaks into song. We call it the Magnificat. And she sings about this God of possibilities and what God is now going to do in the world through this child and God is going to turn it all upside down and people who think they are in control and have power and are determining the future it's going to be taken away from them and people who think they have been forgotten and overlooked and are no longer important are going to find themselves on top. And people who have power and who have wealth is going to be taken away from them. And people who have wondered how they're going to make it through the next week are suddenly going to find themselves blessed and remembered by God. And that is the world that God has not given up on. And that is the promise and the dream that we find even in this child who is now named Forever Father. Because this is a God of surprises, a baby named eternity. The prophet Ezekiel, the one you don't want as your next door neighbor, the prophet who has all of these visions and sees things that are full of eyes and wings and This prophet is on a roll at one point, and he is unloading on the shepherd kings who have forgotten what it means to be king, who have forgotten what it means to have power, who have forgotten what it means to be put in a place of authority, a place to care and to serve. And he goes through this list. These are the things these kings have forgotten. Feed the sheep. Strengthen the weak. Heal the sick, bind up the injured, bring back the strays, seek the lost. All the things the forever Father will do. Feed the sheep, strengthen the weak, heal the sick, 
bind up the injured, bring back the strays, seek the lost, because every now and then the floors of heaven open up and crashing into our time and space comes the abundance of God's future in the here and now. And Jesus will gladly assume that role. And he will say to his disciples, his friends, his students who are starting to catch on, who are starting to understand, I will not leave you orphans. I'm coming to you, Advent indeed. And this child who will be the forever father is full of surprises. Oh, the people this child will pull around themselves and say, why don't you come and be a part of this vision? Why don't you come and be a part of this new movement? Why don't you come and be a part of the kingdom of God as God, as God has imagined life should be? How we are treating each other and interacting with each other and the news that you can share the good news, the gospel, and he will pull to himself fishermen who may or may not understand and may or may not hang with him to the end, and, and women whom others seek to avoid in public, and a, a hated tax collector or two who are working for the enemy. And, and speaking of the enemy, he'll pull to himself a, a Roman soldier, the very military force occupying their country. And along the way, an insurrectionist or two who are seeking to overthrow and kill the very soldiers. And now they're going to have to learn how to live together and worship together and share together. He'll call to himself Paul, a Pharisee, who prides himself on his training and his zeal and his knowledge and will say, yes, you are the one and I'm going to send you to the very people that you hate and the very people that you despise and we are going to turn the world upside down this God of surprises. Scott Johnston was a pastor in Atlanta and a few years ago he was called to become a pastor of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. That's a big deal. So he arrives in New York City August of 2008. In October of 2008, the world kind of came apart economically. He said, if you think people were nervous about that in Atlanta or Cincinnati, you should have been in New York City. People were on edge. And on top of that, Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church had just taken on a rather large mortgage as they expanded both with an outreach center and an educational building. They had one panic-struck officers meeting after another, and he said it would always end the same way. The chair would say, okay, I think we've got it as long as another shoe doesn't drop. Of course, you know, another shoe dropped, and another shoe dropped, and another shoe dropped, and they'd have another panic-struck meeting, and it would end with, okay, we've got it now, uh, we, we've got it under control as long as another shoe doesn't drop. And he said he was doing pretty good. He was, he was being a good pastor and calming them down and assuring them that everything was going to be fine. And, and he confessed, he said, one afternoon, I just lost it. I just lost I, I was in my office, and I just thought, we're not going to make it. We're just not going to make it. 
And, and any attempt I'm giving at leadership is not going to be enough. And he said he sat down at his desk and he put his head down on his desk. And the spontaneous prayer that came out of his mouth was just, Oh God, please, no more shoes. He no longer, I've just finished the prayer and there's a knock at the door. Dr. Johnson, I, I think you better come down to the overnight shelter. So they, they had this shelter that they operated for folks who found themselves to be homeless. And he goes down to the overnight shelter and standing there are two uniformed New York City police officers. And he thought, oh no, what, what have they done? Walks up to them and one of the officers said, pastor, we've just raided an illegal factory in Brooklyn. And they were making counterfeit Timberland boots. And we have 700 pairs of shoes here. <laughs> and he said, I, I don't know whether to laugh or to cry. This God is just full of abundance. And this, uh, this forever father is full of surprises. So let's go back to the text. And let's make it personal. For the yoke of your burden and the bar across your shoulders and the rod of your oppressor, the Christ child has broken. Will you hear the good news today? Whoever you are and wherever you find yourself, whether it feels like to you something has broken open in heaven and it seems like the abundance of the overflow of God has just landed in your lap, or you feel like the people who have been waiting, where is God? What's going to come next? What is happening now? Hear the good news of Advent on this day when we remember the theme of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You are loved by God today. Take a deep breath. Just relax for a moment. And imagine what God is dreaming for you. Let's pray. And so God of abundance and God of surprise, we lean into you this day. What is the dream that you have for our families? What is the dream you have for how we are spending our days working and providing and making a difference, not only to those who are close to us, but a difference in our community? What is your dream for us as we're moving into retirement or moving into our very first career and jobs? What is your dream for us as we are returning after the holidays into our classrooms and our neighbors? And What will you have for us? Come, Lord Jesus.
come. Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing, and we invite you to listen, to worship, but to listen. And if you've never invited Christ into your heart, even as you heard happening to friends and and loved ones in South Africa, we share with you the same good news this morning of giving your life to Christ, of experiencing grace and love and forgiveness and discovering what God has dreamed for you. It is an incredible thing to wake up every morning and to know that you are a part of what God is doing in the world and you are not alone. Or if you're looking for a group of people, look around. They invite you to join us this day in what God is doing. Will you please stand?